In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. My dear brother priests, my dear faithful, Last night we had the first of the evenings of the Office of Tenebrae, which will continue this evening and tomorrow. The Office of Tenebrae on Wednesday evening, which I know many of you were able to assist at, is full of great expectation, for the Passion is about to occur, and our Lord is about to institute the greatest of all sacraments, the Blessed Eucharist, and the sacrament which makes the Blessed Eucharist possible, the Holy Priesthood. But among the many haunting antiphons which we heard at Tenebrae last night, there is one which brings to the forefront a theme which has been in play throughout Passion Tide, a verse taken from the prophet Jeremiah's. I am as an innocent lamb. I was led to be immolated, and I knew it not. Mine enemies conspired against me, saying, Come, let us cast wood into his bread and root him out of the land of the living. For these 40 days, we have heard often from the Church Fathers on the lessons that the Church brings to us, and we will hear from them briefly now. For the very earliest Fathers of the Church, up through the greatest doctors, considered this verse of the Prophet Jeremiah and asked the question, does it really apply to our Lord Jesus Christ down to the letter? For indeed, with their conversations with the Jews of their time, the argument was made that it did not apply in any way whatsoever to the Christ. The fathers argued eloquently to the contrary. It indeed speaks of Christ, such that, as St. Jerome tells us, this prophecy of Jeremiah cannot be applied to anyone else but Christ. Yes, in its every word, It is a perfect foretelling of the Passion. What do these mysterious words mean, though? I was led to be immolated, and I knew it not. Does the prophet speak true even here? Could we possibly say that the Lamb of God did not know what was to befall him? Certainly we cannot interpret it in this fashion. And yet in a certain sense, as all the fathers agree, he did not know. The prophecy of Jeremiah speaks true, for the Lamb of God knew not sin. Yet he became the sin offering for our sakes. And he who knows all things will one day say to the wicked, I never knew you. Depart from me, all you that work iniquity. Yet it is precisely through the wicked that redemption shall come tomorrow. The wood 
that wicked men are plotting at this very hour to cast into his bread that ignominious wood of the cross is the wood foretold by the prophets through which righteousness shall come. You have all heard before that today marks the anniversary of the priesthood. And I would not have you with any doubts in your mind about this event. So that if anyone asks you, when precisely did Christ institute the sacrament of holy orders, you can respond without hesitation. At the very moment when he instituted the sacrament of his body and blood, for he would not allow his church to go even one moment without ministers of this greatest of the sacraments. The Immortal Council of Trent teaches us, as under the former testament, according to the testimony of the Apostle Paul, there was no perfection because of the weakness of the Levitical priesthood. There was need, God the Father of mercy so ordaining, that another priest should rise according to the order of Melchizedek, our Lord Jesus Christ, who might consummate and lead to what is perfect, as many as were to be sanctified. He, therefore, our God and Lord, though he was about to offer himself once on the altar of the cross unto God the Father, by means of his death, there to operate an eternal redemption, nevertheless, because his priesthood was not to be extinguished by his death, in the Last Supper, on the night in which he was betrayed, that he might leave to his beloved spouse, the Church, a visible sacrifice, such as the nature of man requires, whereby that bloody sacrifice, once to be accomplished on the cross, might be represented, and the memory thereof remain even unto the end of the world, and its salutary virtue be applied to the remission of those sins which we daily commit declaring himself constituted a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. He offered up to God the Father his own body and blood under the species of bread and wine, and under the symbols of those same things. He delivered his own body and blood to be received by his apostles, whom he then constituted priests of the New Testament. And by those words, do this in remembrance of me, he commanded them and their successors in the priesthood to offer this sacrifice, even as the Catholic Church has always understood and taught. For having celebrated the ancient Passover, which the multitude of the children of Israel immolated in memory of their going out of Egypt, he instituted the new Passover, that is, himself to be immolated under visible signs by the Church through the ministry of priests in memory of his own passage from this world unto the Father, and by the effusion of his own blood, he redeemed us and delivered us from the power of darkness and transferred us into his kingdom. This indeed is that clean oblation which cannot be defiled by any unworthiness or malice of those who offer it which the Lord foretold by Malachias to be offered in every place 
clean unto his name, which was to be great amongst the Gentiles, and which the Apostle Paul, writing the Corinthians, has not obscurely indicated when he says that they who are defiled by the participation of the table of devils cannot be partakers of the table of the Lord. By the word table, meaning in both places, the altar. This is finally that oblation which was prefigured by various types of sacrifice during the period of nature and during the period of the law, inasmuch as it comprises all the good things signified by those sacrifices as being the consummation and perfection of them all. The Holy Eucharist is at once sacrament and sacrifice. And since there is no sacrifice without priesthood, our blessed Savior would not institute this new sacrifice and leave his church for one moment without an enduring priesthood by which she could fulfill his commandment, do this for the commemoration of me. This is the essence of the priesthood of the New Testament. We can say that in this last age of an aging world, to be a priest means to be able to pronounce the words of our Lord and thereby cause him to be really, truly, and substantially present under the appearances of bread and wine, so that he appears as he did on that first Good Friday, not yet in a state of glory, but as a blood offering for the sins of the world. This is no mere meal. Our high priest is also our sovereign victim who is about to hand himself over to wicked men. They plot to put wood in his bread. He who is the bread of life will be nailed to the wood of the cross. The epistle we hear year after year for Holy Thursday, in which we will hear again on the Feast of Corpus Christi, is that of St. Paul speaking of the sacrileges that are occurring amongst the Corinthians and reminding them that even the very night of the institution of this most august sacrament was a night of betrayal. For if we remember the haunting words of St. Paul and translate them exactly, we understand them to mean in qua nocte tradebatur, that is, at the very moment when his betrayal was underway, this is the moment our Savior chose to institute this sacrament. What then is our calling this evening? Last night at Tenebrae, our Lord gently asked the question in the solemn chant of the seventh bode, are you sleeping? Could you not watch one hour with me? Do you not see Judas? He is not sleeping. He makes haste to betray me to the Jews. And yet you said you were ready to die for me. Tonight we must ask, are we the disciples of Christ or just his fans? If we are pagans who have never heard the gospel and we spend these three days eating, drinking, and waiting for death, 
Well, then, to us applies the words of our Lord from the cross. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. We are not excused, then, from all sin, but Christ has won for us sufficient grace for our conversion. But if we go by the name of Catholic and still hold these days in contempt, our Savior has no words for us except what you do, do quickly. This is your hour. Now is the hour of traitors. Surely we cannot begin to fathom the mystery of the dark times in which we live unless we are mindful of this fact. It is we who cast wood into his bread. We can choose also to live these coming hours by the words which the gospel applies to Peter, which was also a frequent meditation of the fathers, especially St. Ambrose in his admirable commentary on St. Luke. Petrus sequebatur longe. Peter followed from afar. Instead of spending one hour before the source of all light, refreshment, and peace, we can keep our Catholic affiliation while warming ourselves by the fires of the world, appearing to be anything but Catholic in the eyes of men. But there is yet another option. We can be like St. John. St. John himself was among those who fell asleep in the garden. He was a frail man like us, but a faithful disciple. For though his eyes weighed him down, yet he did not abandon his master. He faithfully obeyed the last commandment he received from him. Watch and pray. This is all he did, and that is all our Lord asks of us tonight. Watch and pray. What is the reward for obeying this commandment? For the answer, look no further in the next chapter of the life of St. John. He was made at Calvary the adopted son of Our Lady and went on to die a holy death. Can we doubt that our Lord will grant the same grace to anyone who does likewise? Watch and pray. Stay with Mary at the foot of the cross. She will be your mother and you shall be with her in paradise. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.